Hey folks, do you like podcasts? Do you have hobbies? Well, here's the show for you. The Hobby Shop Talk Podcast. Featuring childhood friends and old school noobs, Luke and Matt. This is Matt with the Hobby Shop Talk Podcast. This is episode 10 already. I can't believe it. I had to verify with Luke ahead of time that I heard correctly uh, last episode when, again, the brothers took over. But now the dynamic duo, or Luke, they called us back in the day. They called us the ambiguously, uh, never mind, never mind. But uh, I got my old trusty partner, Luke, back. Luke? Hello. Yes, we are back. We're just saying it's been tough to get together because we're so darn busy. I mean... Uh, I've been opening the store. I've been, uh, you know, open a few nights a week after work and then on the weekends and just trying to get everything ready. So it's been crazy trying to, to figure out our schedules. But I think we're we're kind of going to be back on track here. I don't even know. I, I guess nobody in listener land, uh, my job already knows that I put in my notice so I could start doing the store more full time in October. But then we'll definitely have time. So. Yeah, I mean it's kind of nice doing it on lunch here because that's it's lunch our lunch break right now. So I just can't get to go to the gym, but I guess I'll have to make up for it another day. No sick brag on your workouts, bro. I know, bro. (laughs) Wyatt actually just uh, my son is Luke. Maybe some of the listeners know we've mentioned him. He just actually texted me a little bit ago or wrote me on Facebook Messenger from school, which I'm surprised they can do, but that he got to run the mile today. So. I don't even know if I could do that anymore. It's been a while. Nice. Yeah. I remember in high school, it took me quite a while to run a mile. I think, uh, yeah, I hit my, that was uh, that and then uh, winning in seventh grade, the flag football championship with our good friend, Brandon, who we should have on the episode. Uh, that was, a, that was the end of my physical abilities though. And it's been downhill since then. So that's an EP. That's why we have a podcast about video games and comic books and movies and TV and all of that stuff. Cause you don't need to. You don't need to be athletic. You can sit and do it all. So let's talk about first Magic the Gathering. And I just, you know, it's been a while since uh, it's been a couple episodes since uh, I was on. So, and the only one I played is against you. And I, I think I'm undefeated. Or did we play two games? Well, we played two on two or one, one V one. We've only played one, I believe. And yes, you won that one. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up right away. Your uh, horde of with goblins. The, with the goblin horde, I used Krenko, the mob boss, and just kept pumping out more and more goblins. And and then, Luke, what did do you recall what the card was? There was some sort of card where you had uh, – it was just I couldn't stop it with my little goblins. And you got me down to, I think, like seven or eight and would have killed me on the next turn. Do you recall what you were using? Well, yeah, I had uh, – well, Rafika the Many was my commander, so he uses Exalted in – I, had, I think I only had like two or three creatures with Exalted, so I can only attack with one, but each time I was doing, you know, like 12 or 13 damage to you. And he had Trample and Lifelink, so I was gaining a ton of life, and you weren't blocking because you'd have to, you know, use so many of your goblins, and yeah, I got you down to like eight, and yep. you pulled it. What card did you pull that? Uh... So I, I knew I was going to die, and that was my plan the whole time. I knew I couldn't sacrifice my goblins. I mean, I could have, uh, but my whole thing was I need to get as many as I can and take one big swipe at you. And so on the last turn, I used Krenko, and I remember I think I had like 38 
goblins at that time, plus like five or six, uh, so it's 38 goblin tokens, plus five, six, seven other just goblins that are in my deck, so 40 plus. So I made another, uh, whatever it was, doubled it with Krenko. So I had like 80 something goblins. And then I brought out my only non goblin in the deck, which is Chancellor of the Forge. He's a giant. And with him, uh, I can, uh, create one, one goblins with haste, uh, you know, based on the number of goblins I have. And, uh, so I ended up with like 80 some goblins and attacked you with everything. <laughs> and uh, next turn, I would have been dead. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a good game. And, uh, I was glad to get the goblins, you know, some action. Yeah, if only I had vigilance on my uh, creature with life link that I tagged you with, I could have, I would have been at like one life or so. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it would have been close. But you ended up doing quite a bit of damage. So I can't re- recall uh, actually because it released this morning. I listened to half of the episode with uh, the the brothers episode nine. Did you talk about the game that you played here at the shop? Was, no, I, no, I did. I was going to, and then uh, I kept getting uh, interrupted by my brothers. So thanks, <laughs> Tyler and AJ. <laughs> no, yeah, I played. I'm trying to think of which deck I used. Yeah, I think I just used the Rafik again because I haven't had that too long. And uh, actually, I just made a new Jeskai deck too, but that was I didn't have that one yet. But anyways, yeah, I used the Rafik of the many, and I played against a. They were actually both the landfall decks from, I think, Commander Legends. I'm actually going to check that out real quick. So, yeah, because I, I do remember you saying they were playing the, the same deck, and so I was running the, I was in the store. It was on a Sunday, so and I'm still. I'll talk about that later. You know, kind of what's going on at the store. Just lots of stuff to constantly do. So I wasn't playing, but I kept checking back, and it was a, uh, it was kind of a stalemate at the beginning. I think. Nobody was really uh, was making any moves, and I noticed. Yeah, the two had the the same deck. Um, one of the new Wrigglers in the kind of the store here. I have a, a Wriggler now. He's actually been helping out. His name is Ken. So shout out to Ken if he uh, listens to this. And uh, and then it was uh, Randy, correct? Yep. Yeah. So uh, they were both playing the. It's from Zendikar Rising. So my bad on the the Commander Legends one. Uh, the Land's Wrath. So the commander is Obun. I'm gonna I'm gonna dismantle his name or you know chop his name up because I have no idea how to pronounce it. But it's uh, Abun Mul Daya Ancestor. So sounds like it was right on to me. Probably was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they both had that. Yeah, the beginning was just us basically building up our armies and. Uh, I was probably going to win because I had some very powerful cards out and I had that, I had the, the enchantment that it gives, if you attack with a creature alone, it gets exalted and then you could get an extra attack phase after that. I forget the name of the card. Um, and my, I had like seven or eight exalted creatures out there and I could have just attacked one and killed them and then attacked the other. So I, uh, I was nice enough because they both still are pretty new at uh, playing Magic. So I let them know, like, uh, you guys need to take me out now or you're both going to lose next turn. So uh, they ended up taking me out in consecutive turns. And then Ken took out Randy. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you guys maybe should have made uh, 
a pack that you can't attack until, you know, the next turn because that just left Randy wide open to get yeah, blown out by Ken's attack. But yeah, So that's what I was just going to say. So Ken, I think, was in the other day, and he had brought up that he is a more defensive player. And, you know, that's one thing that I, I notice when I play, you know, when it's me and you, it's, you know, it is what it is. But I notice I, I'm always wondering if I should attack early on when you play people you don't know. Because some people, like, get offended by it. But I was telling Ken, it, I, I just, you know, it's a game. I attack when I have the things according to my strategy. For example, my goblin deck, I need to attack early. If I let somebody else build up whatever their engine is, they're going to kill me. I mean, so... I'm very aggressive when I play. I mean, I don't want to sit around and wait. Uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, attacking early, you know, in that whole? Yeah, I don't know. Ever, I mean, you even know ever since we started playing Magic, there's always something that someone hates and other people like, but like counter spells, direct damage, uh, lifelink, maybe isn't as big as like counter spells and direct damage, but... I mean, I always played the counter spells and life gain decks, and you guys would play the aggro slash direct damage. You know, even elves, you can, you know, get pretty, I don't know if it's cheap, but, you know, you can mana ramp so easy. So each uh, each color has, and that's what I was telling them, like each color, because people do get mad. Like some people say they just hate playing against a counter deck. Well, you know, they don't, I mean, they only have so many counters, so you just have to figure out how to get around it. I mean, it's just as bad when, uh, you know, a black uh, swamp, you know, they have, they, you bring out your favorite creature, well, then they destroy that creature. So to me, it's no different whether you counter it, destroy it, you know, incinerate it with red. It's all the same. So to me, it's just made the best man win. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I could see like when I was younger and if we'd be like, we're going to stay up all night and let's play a game, let's start at 100 life, you know, and, and then you just want to play for the fun. but. Yeah, if I'm playing, I think I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna try and win. Yeah, and I, yeah, there's some people that won't attack with like a one-one on turn one. Like if you get a one-one goblin with haste and attack, like that just kind of puts a, you. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm just kind of puts a bullseye right on you if it's like a you know four-person game. But I mean, I guess it doesn't matter too much. But I'll have bullseye on you. Also throwing goblins at him, literally goblin grenade. I'll, I don't care. My goblins are here for me to win, so they don't care if I fling them at you. So. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to play you against uh, play play with my Jeskai deck because uh, it's uh, Jesk so Jeskai is uh, white, blue, and red. So I got some counter spells in there, some life gain, some uh, direct damage, so a little bit of everything. So I, I'm going to come up with a new. I've been uh, Ken's been helping me go through and sorting all the the cards I got uh, from. Josh at the Lewis Game Shop, I had, you know, bought a lot of his bulk, so we're sorting it, and I was saying, I'm going to go through and create some decks out of that. It's the one bad part about owning a store, I was telling him, is I could have some really cool decks, but I took everything out and put it in my case to sell, besides, you know, my Goblin deck and maybe one other. Um, so I'm going to try and think of something where I don't have to use my best cards, I can keep them still on the display, but something that's still competitive and fun, so i got to figure out what that's going to be. What just from your collection? I know you have a few vampiric tutors and a few uh, royal assassins, and then do you have two demonic tutors? You can maybe take one each, and then if you sell one, just just you know dismantle the deck that you made. But you can make a pretty awesome uh, black deck, I bet. Yeah, same with elf. I have a good collection of elves, but uh, I was actually 
telling a lot of when people come in and you know a lot of them are asking um they're like oh you know are these are these some of your collection a lot of people have asked that and i'm like you know pokemon no i didn't have any but the magic they are and i see those exactly ones you said i have a demonic tutor and then two of the older royal assassins right next to each other in my display case and those i've had since i was in high school and they were always my favorite but you know i haven't used them in so long so uh so we'll see but what else have you been playing at uh, anything at Lewis Game Shop? I, you know, I always follow him and I always like his uh, different posts about different uh, nights, game nights they're having there. Yeah, usually they have modern nights when uh, when I go there on Fridays. So I usually just end up playing Commander because I don't have a modern deck yet. And I don't know if, if you know much about modern, but it can get quite like if you get... <laughs> If you get mad at someone attacking you with a 1-1 in Commander, you're going to hate playing uh, Modern because there's some stupid uh, control decks and just, I mean, they're like stupid good. So, but it's it's very competitive. So I haven't got a good competitive deck yet, but I do want to make a humans modern deck, but they literally like, they go for like $2,000, you know, if you want to get a competitive one. So that will probably be off in, in the future if I ever do that. We, uh, so actually reminded me of somebody who came into the store. It was actually a local high school student here, uh, came in and was looking through my cards and, uh, he is plays modern is his favorite. And he's actually just going through one of the boxes I had and he pulled out two Ankh of Mishra's. If you remember that, that card and they were in my, like in one of the boxes, you know, where they, they sell for less because he's like, how much for these? And I, I looked them up and they were two of the older versions and they on the market, they were like six or seven bucks. And I had them in the, in the cheap box anyways he's making a mana burn deck and so you know he's you know he's 17 years old and it's kind of cool because he was saying he was looking back at some of those old strategies like mana burn and some other things and kind of bringing them back to play with his friends so i thought that was kind of cool what was the older the the controlled artifact one with like icy manipulator it had um what's the rack and it made you yeah torture rack yeah so your opponent basically wanted to get your hand you know your hand size way down so i don't Sounds remember like buddy eric, our old friend duggan if he ever listens to this I yeah i was just that. gonna say and i think our buddy eric did too had one of those way back when so anything else magic related on here well yeah we got we got the new set coming out so today's oh, yeah. thursday and uh if you play arena the new set Midnight Hunt comes out. So Innistrad Midnight Hunt comes out. So yeah, there's been a few sets of Innistrad and they've they've all been, you know, pretty awesome. They all kind of have the same goblins and ghouls and zombies and the humans, you know, trying to take, you know, take them all out. So pretty sweet set. Uh, there's some bigger names like Sigarda and uh, who's it, Olivia, just some more household magic names if you've played it for a while so and some i think flashback is back which is a oh yeah i remember that which is a yeah mechanic that's pretty sweet but uh it's a lot of like graveyard recursion in this set so yeah i'm excited i'll have to i might have to stream one of these nights since we got twitch now uh, yes by the way we have a twitch account so we said that on the last podcast, but we'll say it again because <laughs> and we have and we have Discord. I wrote that down to say at some point, but I'll just say it. I don't even really know how to use Discord that much, but I was told that I should have it because it's a good way even for my store. I created one, so for Prairie Hobbies and Games, there's a Discord as well as for Hobby Shop Talk. And so once I get on there, I'll be able to you know have announcements and things like that. And same for the podcast once we learn how to use it better. But yeah, 
Twitch too. I was thinking I've been uh, starting to play some games. So once I do have more time, I as well may, uh, and we'll talk about some of those games we're playing in that section. But uh, yeah, so one thing just, you know, being the hobby shop talk that uh, Luke was mentioning with the Innistrad Midnight Hunt is, you know, one good lesson I got is you got to be, you got to buy ahead because I actually just placed my order for the next, uh, the set after, which is the, I think is it Innistrad Vow? Yeah, I don't remember what it is, but it'll be a continuation of Innistrad. I forget. Yeah, I think it's Vow, which I don't know what that means, but so I just placed that order. And actually, I was just telling Luke, I'm waiting to hear what I'm going to get for the set that's coming out because I just, I started up so late in the process, everything was pre-ordered. So I'm hoping to have some of the Midnight Hunt in my, my shop. They told me they, they help, uh, this is from Southern Hobby Supply, a pretty well-known uh, company. Uh, they said they would, uh, they're going to do everything they can to get new customers stuff in their store. So I'm hoping I will have some in my store and because I haven't really looked at the, the teasers. So I'm excited to, to hopefully get some. Um, yeah. So beyond uh, magic, I've read a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't know. Well, hold, on, I, hold on. Hold on. I got a few more magic oh, notes here. In my, oh, you got more? In my notebook. Yeah. All right. Let's, so, let's see the handy dandy notebook. Yep. No digital stuff for me here. Old school noob right there. Old school On noob. paper. Me too. Nice. Golos, which is a very popular commander, uh, has been banned. So it's a five-color commander. So people love it because I think it's five mana to get out. And then if you tap two colorless and then one of each of the mana, so red, green, blue, black, whatever else, white. Uh, and actually, I don't even remember what it does, but it's a popular commander. I uh, I never played it, but it's pretty popular, but they banned it. No one ever seems happy with what Wizards ban, so it's just kind of funny how they how they figure this stuff out. <laughs> so the good thing is I think most casual players are just going to be like, whatever. Obviously, yeah. it's casual, so you can play whatever. So I don't think it'll be that big of a deal, but I'm sure some competitive commander or EDH players, as they like to be called, are going to be pissed. But And then they unbanned Worldfire which is a seven or nine mana cost red card that exiles all permanents pretty much. So they unbanned that. So I don't know what would be not, you know, more not fun to play with is either Golos or Worldfire. It sounds like Worldfire would just restart the whole game. I wonder how that comes about that you, you know, you ban- I can see when you ban a card if it's just you, you realize it's too OP, as the kids say. Uh, but, you know, to unban a card, you know, that's kind of weird. Did it become less powerful? Or did they just maybe there's some cards that, you know, counter it enough that it's not as powerful? I'm, I'm curious how you unban a card. I've never heard of that before. Well, yeah, and World Fire was a seven mana card. So, I mean, I think if you get that far, and most seven mana cards are, you know, pretty much. Or like a win con, so I don't know, maybe they just realized it's probably not that big of a deal. All right, so here's Golos. I looked it up. Uh, Golos Tireless Pilgrim. When he enters the battlefield, you can search your library for a land card and put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then you shuffle your library. So then its ability is when you tap two colorless and then one of the each uh, mana colors, you can exile the top three cards of your library, and you can play them this turn without paying their mana cost. So... Yeah, that last ability is pretty powerful too, especially in Commander. Because, say, if you get Worldfire in there, you could just play that and wipe everything out. And 
yeah. Or just counter it. Just counter it to begin with. Exactly. That's why. That's why you always get a negate in there because you can counter those uh, stupid uh, overpowered cards like Worldfire. And then, so what else did I put in there? Oh yeah, other big news is rotation comes up here in a couple weeks. So you know, every so often they rotate in standard, which I haven't actually played in a while, but um, some of the bigger, so what set is it? Throne of Eldraine, super powerful set that's gonna rotate out. So I know a bunch of people are pumped. Some of the powerful cards are in Throne of Eldraine are the Great Henge, Brazen Bower, and actually, I don't. Most Magic players would remember Oko, uh, yeah. not Oko Cinco, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we talked about him in the last uh, podcast because Tyler was wearing a Bengals jersey during the Vikes. I game. heard that part. Yeah, and we, Icky Woods was my uh, the Icky Shuffle. That's what I said. I said Icky Woods. Uh, Madden '92, which I still have for Sega. Uh, I'm guessing you were the Bills and Thurman Thomas. I was the Bengals and Icky Woods. They were good that year. What year did they go to the play, uh, Super Bowl and lose to the Niners? Was that the late 80s, early 90s? Well, obviously, early 90s, it was all Bills and the Bengals were never there. But anyways, Questing Beast was another huge card that people, you know, hated playing against because it was so powerful. So anyways, that set's going out. And then like Core 21's going out. So it'll be a new standard set, no uh, rotation. So which actually on Arena, I have a, a Boros equipment deck that I'm trying to climb the ranks, which I never really have. But the highest I got before was in the last standard rotation was the same deck pretty much, but I've been using some of the newer stuff. I was just thinking it'd be fun to have a some sort of, sort of station set up at the store that or a computer set to Arena and people could log in and play. Well, especially, yeah, they could, you know, if they log in under your account and just, although that would ruin your uh, ranking, but I'm sure you don't care about that, but let them just play to... Ranking, schmanking. I know, yeah. See if they like it. They could at least play it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, any other magic? Well, Speak that's up? another thing with Arena is apparently if you hit Mythic, you go back to the beginning. So these, there's a, a big bug in Arena right now. So where people, if if they hit Mythic, they essentially have to start from the bottom of the ladder. Like they get sent back down. So kind of a big deal. I think, uh, yeah, Wizards needs to figure that out pretty quick. And maybe they already have, but. Yeah, I can see some people flipping out about that. Anyways, yeah, that's that's magic news. So next, I, I have a lot of read uh, that I did. So. I'm going to start out because uh, it's been a while, and I like to read my little uh, little blurbs just in case the the listeners out there might get enticed by you know what what uh, what we're reading. So I'm just going to quickly reread for the the little blurb for we only find them when they're dead because I've read a couple of these uh, since we um, since we talked last. So and I think I remember one of your brothers saying they were interested. So I was thinking I'm going to have to pass these on because I've read through issue three and it's getting pretty good. So, well, that, that was actually really, your test for the last podcast. See if you listened through it all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. AJ, yeah. AJ wants to read it. So I said that you could probably borrow once, uh, once you're done with them. Yep. I'm done with the first three issues. So just uh, quickly, the, we only find them when they're dead. Uh, it's Captain Malik and the crew of the Vihan. The two harvest resources from giant corpses of alien gods find the, found on the edge of human space. While other autopsy ships race to salvage the meat, minerals, and metals that sustain the human race, Malik sees an opportunity to finally break free 
from this system by being the first to find a living God. But Malik's, uh, Malik's obsession with the God will push his crew into danger at the darkest reaches of space unless the rogue agent on their tail can stop them first. So, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense, as it almost sounds. See how these, uh, they're in this ship, and he's kind of the second generation, at least. That's what you know we've seen so far. Some of the kind of jumps back in years. Like, we're in the 2360s when the story is taking place, but it jumps back to, like, the 2330s. Yeah, they actually are in these ships, and they have, like, these big... Like, um, uh, you know, like a surgeon would use like knives or scalpels and they go above these huge giant corpses and all these other flying ships do too. And there's these dead giant corpses, but they harvest their meat and it's like for food and energy and all the resources come from these giant corpses. And this Malik is, you know, saying, you know, they just can't, you know, it's, they only find them when they're dead. And that's kind of a depressing thing. So, so all they do is harvest the resources from these dead corpses. So he wants to see if there's more. And so there's like this void between space where they can go to and he's going to look for a, uh, a live, if there is such a thing as a live God. So they find their opportunity because there's some backstory you learn an issue too. I won't say what it is, but between him and there's these, uh, here we call, think of what they're called, but escort ships, I think they're called that they kind of police these other ships as they're harvesting and like, uh, you have to call out sections or there's certain reasons like the heart is very valuable. And so they, they're waiting for the perfect opportunity. He gets everybody on the crew on board that we're going to go look for a, a live God. And so there's this one person on one of the ships that's got an agenda against Malik's going way back. Some, some of their family died and there's some bad things going on there. So going into this warp, they don't know if they're going to survive. And so they find this opportunity. Some other people are doing something bad and the escort ships go off. So they make their break to go to the void. Well, this other person will not stop at anything to stop them. They're in one of these escort ships and they follow them into the void to destroy them. And then uh, in issues two and three, where that's when that's happening, they go into the void. Issue three, they're actually in the void and uh, some crazy stuff happens at the end. One of our characters, I don't know if they they die, but something bad happens and they're in this void. Um, so now it's, it's getting pretty intense. So uh, AJ, when you listen, when you actually come and come to my store, you can take the first three or four issues. So, you know, just come support your local friendly game store in Long Prairie, Minnesota, Prairie Hobbies and Games, prairiehobbies.com. That'll be uh, AJ's test to see if he listens to this episode. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, one yeah, thing yeah, I was yeah. saying about this comic book, uh, it seems like they should be more concerned about, like, what's killing these gods, or have they addressed that at all? I think we're starting to get into that because uh, what they've... I guess I don't want to say too much, but when they find them in the void, they're not as the same, it seems, as when they find them when they actually release or release, when they get to the to the universe or whatever it is the where they are. So there's they're different. And they actually did mention that. And so I haven't learned much more, but yeah, there's there's a reasoning. I think I'm gonna find out why they're dead, how they got dead. Uh so yeah, but it's pretty interesting. I definitely got hooked and I have issue four sitting here. I just didn't have time before. Uh, we recorded, so that was mine. I'll, uh, what have you been reading? I've got a couple more to talk about, but I'll let you. Uh... Well, actually, I've, I've only been reading uh, Oblivion Song, so and I kind of gave a update on the last podcast, so I don't think we need to go through that again. But uh... Can we talk about that they're making a show Oblivion Song. We saw. I think I forwarded you. A... Yep. So I did. I yeah, I brought that up too. That uh, Jake Gyllenhaal will be playing the lead. So I'm curious who the who's going to be playing his brother, Ed. Yeah, how, 
Uh, I'm guessing you mentioned it. How far are you through now? So I just got to where Ed turned on the machine again. So we found out, uh, is it Ethan? What's his first name? What's Ethan Cole? Uh, We found out he created Oblivion, you know, with that machine with a few other scientists. And they didn't realize it was going to be so impactful. So then he tells, you know, his brother finds out. And as they're trying to get away from the feds, because the feds are trying to get him and seize the machine, Ed, his brother, turns on the machine again and creates more oblivion, essentially. So, because, yeah. you know, Ed, Ed is enjoying living in oblivion. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, this is one of those books I was, uh, there's another one called The Woods, and I've mentioned this to you multiple times. And I actually mentioned it to my wife, Darcy, because I, you know, try to get her to, to try something because so many of these turn into movies and I'm like this this book The Woods by James Tynan uh he's wrote a lot of book, good books but uh uh I love when they create worlds in other universes and they actually go through the the and I don't know how much you've seen of the Oblivion world but I mean spoiler I'm sure you can see it you know there's a world on Oblivion and some of them actually like the world and what they've built there and that, that i really like that that was similar to the woods you know they get sucked into another dimension or another world and they have to live there and the the comic goes on for years in this universe and you can see them expanding and yeah i really like that and i think the show will be uh it'll be definitely uh, one of those that i'll be watching so they'll do the woods show or you're just saying about oblivion song oh with oblivion song but i also have heard that the woods is uh also being cast but you hear that a lot about stuff you know that they're they're making a show and then it's like you either never hear anything again or, you know, it's years before they actually. Uh, so is Oblivion Song, is that going to be a movie or a show? Uh, now that you say that, I I can't remember if it's going to be a movie or a show. I, I just remember, I assume with Jake Gyllenhaal, does he do shows, you know, or would he be in a movie? Uh, I guess I don't know. Probably be doing a movie, but. Yeah. Now, once you said that, it, that made me think think that yeah uh let's uh while you're doing that how about i go on to the next one and we'll swing back to it so the next one i want to talk about is i think i mentioned i was going to read it but i've actually read the whole first trade uh paperback of something is killing the children uh this is also by james tynan the fourth if i know my room uh what do they call it? Roman numerals? Almost uh, slipped up. But another Boom Studios. I really like a lot of Boom Studios these days, and as well James uh, Tiny. And it, it seems all of his books are uh, something I like reading. But uh, so just a quick synopsis: uh, When the children have and again, something is killing the children. Boom Studios. Uh, it's the monsters who should be afraid. When the children of Archer's Peak, a sleepy town in the heart of America, begin to go missing, everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories and possible details of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of a mysterious stranger, one who believes the children and claims to be the only one who sees what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. That's all she does, and she bears the cost because it must be done. So it's literally, it starts out, and it's a a horror book. Uh, And... It starts off with some kids at like a sleepover and, you know, they tell like a ghost story and they dare each other. They're playing truth or dare. And so one dares to go down in the woods behind the house. And he's always telling his friends about these. They love his ghost stories because they're so real. And, uh, you know, and they, they kind of I think they're making fun of him a little bit. He dares one of them to go down into the woods. 
Well, you know, next thing you see him, it, uh, his friends, he falls down into the woods, like trips or something. And uh, so he's away from his friends. Well, they go down down there and all of a sudden, next thing you know, is this, this ginormous monster is tearing him apart limb from limb. And, you know, next thing he's like talking to somebody in like, uh, you know, the police station or something. And nobody knows what happened. There's just, you know, these kids, but there's lots of other kids missing. And, uh, and then this Erica Slaughter just shows up out of nowhere. And she's just this badass looking character and everybody's wondering who she is. But um, there's this uh, there's this group that she's a part of that we haven't uh, learned much about. I actually think there's a and I'll know more about this hopefully on the next podcast as I read the next um the next issues and they're actually coming out with a whole separate uh series based on this group that she's a part of that uh it's what it is is you know kids can see monsters well they they're really if you believe in them you can see them and they're really there uh and so that's what and she can see them so this erica slaughter she can see them so she's sent out to you know save these kids or at least destroy the monsters and it's a it's a bloody issue. They go to uh, you know they I love how they they uh, change the names. They go to House Depot. So a lot happens. Uh, I don't want to tell too much, but so it's yeah. She goes to this town where children are missing, and she's gonna save the day. And people are really sketchy about her, including some family of the kids and the sheriff's office. But uh, in the end, it's you know she goes and finds this this monster, and they're based on different levels. And goes to kill it, but before that, they go to House Depot and get you know the. Uh, the guy's like, well, this chainsaw is the you know best. Everybody swears by it, all the professionals. But you know, it'll even shut off if you drop it, so you don't uh, you know cut your leg off. And uh, but you don't want any of these cheap models because those you know you drop it and it'll just cut through anything and it'll keep going. And she's, she's like, you probably want one of these uh, new the better models. And she's like, how much for the the cheaper model that doesn't stop when it falls and cuts through everything? <laughs> and so they get you know these chainsaws and all this stuff, and and then they go to uh, yeah to, to defeat this monster. I, I guess I missed a big part is uh, she talks to a uh, stuffed octopus that apparently like knows a lot about these monsters and he's just a kind of a prick actually, but he's a stuffed octopus. And so like they're, uh, you know, she's talking to it. And this kid sees it too. And she's talking to the stuffed octopus about uh, what level this monster is. But then when they're behind doors too, uh, you can see like, the octopus, like a shadow of a huge octopus. But when they open the door, just a normal person, it's her standing there and then a stuffed octopus sitting on the, but what she sees is like this huge entity thing. That's this octopus, but we see a stuffed animal. Anyway, so it's a monster story and this woman, uh, she kills the monsters and it's, uh, she's pretty, pretty badass and, uh, uh what they found at the end i'll just say is it's uh it's gonna get a lot worse for archer's peak they didn't find like where he was living it was uh, this quote-unquote spoiler i guess because but you know this is we're way past this but it was a nest so there's more than one and there's lots more and things are going to get worse heading into the second trade which i do have so uh yeah that's a fun one and it's been one that's been uh talked about it actually uh won a lot of awards and things i think in 2020 so i'm finally finally reading it it's it's uh so far living up to the to the hype so that's something is killing the children boom studios yeah boom studios they got some uh some quality comics coming out yeah yeah boom studios is one i definitely do like again i said yeah, i'm more on the i like image comics boom studios dark horse 
Um, but yeah, Boom Studios has definitely had uh, uh, some some of my favorites recently. Um, anything else on your end, Luke? Before I talk about my last book? No, I haven't really been reading much. So this one I actually picked up, and again, I always recall. Forget when we talked about this, but we had I went to the uh, the event here in Minnesota. Uh, it was uh, I think it was through Midwest Comic. Con? I don't know if it's Midwest Comic Con. It was an art show. It had uh, it had artists. It had comic books, and uh, uh, so it was kind of cool. Man. So we walked around, looked at a bunch of different. It was a smaller show that prepares for a bigger show coming up at the end of September. Um, Luke, do you want to grab that while I'm mentioning this? The name of that? Do you remember the name of that? Uh, it's like MidwestComicFans.com. All right. So back at it. So that was at one crazy summer con is what it's called that was this all the way goes back to july so i had uh, went there with the boys this is when we went to wrestling which i know i talked about uh but i had picked up a comic called shadow lords uh there and i actually i met uh the I believe it was the artist um rachel wilkins she did the inks for this and she's done it on some others uh, as well as Bo Wilkins, he did the plot in pencils. I actually have both their autographs on here. So it's kind of cool meeting them. And uh, I'll just give their quick synopsis of their book, Shadow Lords, that I picked up the first trade. I think it has the first three issues. Um, and it's actually kind of cool. I'll just mention this too. Uh, for Luke and I, it's uh, based, a lot of it's based in St. Paul and Minneapolis, you know, because they're local. So, uh, so this is, yeah, it's called... Uh, Shadow Lords, Warriors, Protectors, Family, the Elite Warriors for the Sanctuary of Enlightenment. So the Sanctuary of Enlightenment is this, uh, they're defenders of the world. They guard it from mystical creatures that try to cross the spiritual barrier into our world and the powerful powerful artifacts from time gone by, all from noble blood, be it actual nobility or from a warrior race. So they're all, uh, you know, they're either nobility or from a warrior race. And then they're, uh, they're in these different uh, groups. Uh, groups are clans, pretty much, and they get trained to be warriors. And the top two from each of them become the next Shadow Lords for the next generation. So that's who we're following is this group. Uh, and there's like uh, eight of them, I believe, that are in the, their their guardians. And they're yeah, so they're trying to stop the bad from coming through the other side from the spiritual world. Um, but now there's a, there's a lot about this. Uh, it starts out about the uh, Genghis Khan and him having this dagger and some assassins tried to kill him. And while well, one of them got him with some sort of poison and he knows he's about to, you know, to die. So he embeds power into this dagger. And so it's the called the dagger of Khan. And it's one of the artifacts that they're trying to protect because lots of bad guys are trying to get it. Uh, and so now when the story starts, the Shadow Lords are being systematically killed. The dagger has been stolen and the sanctuary may have been betrayed from within. So trying to solve the mysterious killings, each Shadow Lord deals with the loss of their master. Um, he was killed in the process of this, uh, getting people trying to get this uh, dagger. And the emergence of a rival group similar to their own, the Dragon's Heart Warriors headed by the mysterious White Dragon. The battle for survival has just begun. And... I showed you have some sweet art. I had bought a print of uh, kind of the main bad guy, uh, the white dragon. It's it's pretty sweet and it's hanging in my office. Uh, but yeah, this is a cool book. I read through the first three issues and I really want to read the next. I love the art style of this book. And uh, I had actually mentioned to him. So I'm hoping uh, you know, that we do a podcast. I think it would be cool to uh, 
uh, to interview. So I wanted to make sure I talked about that today and hopefully we'll, we'll know more. And I hope I can get to uh, the next con is coming up uh, the end of the summer uh, through this. And it's MidwestComicBookFans.com. And uh, so that the first event in July was actually just raising money for this larger event in the end of September. So depending on my situation with the store, I would like to go and maybe we can do some interviews and meet some people for the uh, uh, interview, some people for the podcast. So, so for that, for that comic book, do they self publish that or who's the publisher? Uh, it's through Raven studios. So I guess I'm not sure if that's their own studio. Um, but, uh, I know I bought another comic as well through them that she had done some work on. So it's kind of cool. You know, a lot of the, the artists that I had bought prints from and my kids had bought, we bought, brought, bought like eight prints maybe at this show. You know, they've, a lot of these guys have done uh, work on some of the, you know, bigger name books for the, you know, bigger name studios too. So, uh, yeah, so that was a cool and I'm looking forward to hopefully going to the next show at the end of the month and then hopefully uh, maybe setting up uh, interviews so we can talk to the creators of Shadow Lords. That's that's uh, my goal. So uh, with that, let's kind of, I think this next section, I, it's really just random. I think it's lots of uh, TV, movies, you know, other podcasts, games, just, you know, what else have you been doing? And I'll, I'll hand it off to you to start. Uh, so Oblivion Song is a featured film, so it'll be oh, yeah, a yeah. feature. It'll be a movie, not a series, which, uh, yeah, pros and cons for each, I guess. But Yeah, yeah. Bigger budget probably for the movie, but I would have liked it long term as we were talking about. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but a movie, I'm sure it'll be awesome. Well, yeah, so like in the – I've been playing a lot of video games with my brothers, you know, kind of like we talked about in that last episode, but – uh just found out I'm really bad at first person shooters online. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Do any have you ever played Apex Legends? You'll have to try to join us one of these times. No. Pretty I fun haven't played game, Apex but. Legends, but any other shooting game, especially now, I used to be good, like Battlefield 1942, way back in the day. Now, whenever I spawn, it seems I'm dead within like 30 seconds of oh, a magic yeah. bullet, but I have no clue where it came from. Yep. So I give up fairly quickly on uh shooting games. Yeah, that's how it was with uh, like Battlefront and Battlefront Two for Star Wars, and then uh, the World War One game, war game that just that is fairly recent in the last four or five years. I think that's Battlefield, uh, the World War One game. But yeah, you'd spawn and then instantly get shot. Yeah, but, uh, that's the worst. Yeah. So and we talked about a lot about that at the last on the last episode. So I'm just trying to think of what I didn't covering that that I could but you can uh let's hear what you've been well so as far as, as far as games I haven't uh, done a whole lot but I have been trying to find a new MMORPG I always you know I always say I want to you know play an MMORPG I just just don't have the time I'm trying to find the time now so I've been going through and just replaying or you know even just restarting some of uh and some different uh MMORPGs out there so I tried out uh Elder Scrolls Online, um, you know, just briefly, um, you know, it's, it seemed cool. That's more, uh, you know, it's a pretty famous, uh, uh, you know, uh, setting already uh, for Elder Scrolls. And uh, I, don't, there, I, I don't know much about the game, but I, it just didn't, you know, entice me right off the bat. So I moved fairly quickly on from that. One I found that I, I tried was RuneScape. Um, that's another, just an RPG. I mean, you can choose, you know, your typical characters. One's a little different. It's uh, the the movement is different in there. So instead of the typical maybe 
you know, WASD, you know, moving on a, a computer. I think it was more like a point and click. It was just very, um, very different. And uh, uh, but the cool thing there is uh, it's available on PC and mobile. Uh, but it's a, a large, you know, kind of open world RPG. Um, that fairly quickly, I moved on and uh, I'm back to a game I used to play called Elbian Online. And I was actually going to tell you, Luke, you should check out Elbian Online. It's free to play. If you want to play it to its max, it's a, um, like many other MMORPGs, it's a, you can get a premium subscription where you can buy and it's, you know, depending on how many months you would commit to, it's, you know, maybe anywhere from nine to 14 bucks a month. Um, but in this one, you can, same thing, but it's, a, so it's an open world. Uh, the things I like about Elbian Online is, uh, you can, you are what you wear pretty much. You can switch your character just so it's, you know, if you're, uh, if you're doing so, a certain thing, maybe you, you know, you want to be an archer and, um, you know, so you put on that. But if you're, you know, you're going into a dungeon and you want to do something else, you just change your armor and put on mail if you have it. And, uh, you know, it'll change your abilities. So that's kind of cool. Um, and also you can get your own island eventually and you can create an island and you actually can have uh, different shops to buy stuff from and level up those shops and you can invite people to live on your island. And apparently there's big clan islands. I haven't done that yet. But the big thing in Elbian Online is it's PvP, which I always used to shy away from, but now I kind of want to play some PvP. Um, and it's uh, you can join huge clans. I was actually listening to other podcasts. Can't, it's been a little bit, so I can't think of the names, but them just talking about some of these clans, I mean, they have people on the server, uh, you know, protecting their islands 24-7. Uh, and uh, anyways, and there's like never-ending battles. But uh, they just came out with a mobile version not too long ago um, for Elbian Online. And I, I tested that out. And it's pretty sweet, uh, pretty slick. So you should uh, check that out, Luke, because I'm a, still in early stage. And uh, uh, it is a free-to-play. And it's both PC and mobile, which is cool. So wherever you are, you can log on. And, you know, you still can play your same characters so um yeah i actually that's what uh, I, some of what i've been playing i actually just downloaded epic games on my pc because i have it on my mac you know specifically for arena magic arena but uh and i saw there were some free games for whatever promotion they're doing but it they weren't compatible with mac so i just downloaded it on my pc so i'm gonna have to yeah maybe i can check it out uh you'll yeah, just have to text mobile. me albion online yep Elbian online and uh, otherwise, yeah, pull up the mobile version first. You actually get like a reward if you play it on both. Oh, yeah. We're trying to give you a little reward. But uh, yeah, it's really fun. I had started playing it a while back and then it really, I just when I got busy with the move and everything and, uh, you know, selling our house and moving and things like that. So I stopped playing, but I think I'm going to get back into that one again. Uh, I actually was really getting a hankering to play World of Warcraft just because I really like that history because the uh Wyatt and Talon and I actually watched uh and Joby watched some of it. My my kids watched uh the the Warcraft movie. I've had it for a long time and uh we just hadn't watched it. So we've you know we watched it in a few different parts because it was like a two hour movie. So we watched it the last few nights and I, I really liked it. You know, the the scores I never pay attention to the critics scores, but it didn't have great scores. But I like the history of Warcraft and it talked about uh Duraton and uh uh, he was uh, the uh, father of Thrall, who in like Warcraft three, uh, he was the war chief and is in some of the has a bigger role. But so it was before him and uh, with uh, the Goldown opening the portal from the orc world and bringing in uh, all these orcs that are corrupted by demons and 
Um, I'm an orc fan. You know, there's humans, elves, um, you know, all the different races that are pretty common, but the world, world of Warcraft, you know, there's the humans, the elves, the dwarves, and then there's the orcs and, uh, you know, some of the other in the, the undead. The orcs are kind of in the middle, though. So this show shows that I actually stopped it a couple times because I'm a big orc fan and they made them look so bad. Or not, they didn't make them. It's just the way they are where uh, you almost want to cheer against them. But uh, there's there's bad orcs and good orcs. There's the ones that are, you know, they're, you know, they believe in battle and, you know, but they're just about, you know, they wanted their world is dying. So they were coming to this world to find a, you know, a place to live. Um, maybe that means killing a few humans to get your place. But, you know. They're just trying to survive. And then there's the other side that uh, have some uh, warlocks and things that uh, started, you know, messing with and getting into to demons and demonic things. And, you know, they they take the souls from humans and things like that and from their enemies. And um, so half the orcs, they don't like that. You know, they're about a fair fight and a battle and, uh, you know, they don't like the demonic. So there's a war between those as well as, you know, the alliance. And uh, in the end, uh, uh, you know, this is a while back, so a lot before like Warcraft 3, where there isn't uh, peace yet. Uh, but if there is another movie, which I was curious, I didn't look into yet. We were talking about it. It ends with, you know, Thrall, the baby, going down a river. They're trying to save him. You know, he's a baby. Um, so it's like, I'd really like to see once he becomes a grown-up, it becomes Thrall. But um, anyways, Warcraft, it was a cool movie. It follows a lot of the, the story. And I really liked it. So Yeah, I'll I'll have to check that out because the only Warcraft stuff I've, you know, know of is or that I've looked into is the Hearthstone game that I know you used to play a little bit too. But yeah. once Arena came on mobile, I quit playing Hearthstone because it's, you know, nowhere near as awesome as Magic the Gathering. So, yeah, but yeah, so you should check out uh, someday to check out Warcraft. And there's a whole line of games that I have. Warcraft 3 is a fun one and they remade that. Uh, that's a little bit more fast-paced. I used to play that a lot more, but I'd like to play some more of that. Um, yeah, so the other thing I had sent to Luke before this is I just happened to see a quick glimpse. It was even maybe this morning of a new Wolverine movie coming up. Have you heard any more besides that little clip that I sent you? It was like a 45-second clip of... That's uh, actually a game. Because, yeah, we and uh, AJ and Tyler were telling me about that, but it's a game for PS5. Um, and Insomniac Studios is making it. So, yeah, it's a super short clip, but it, you know, it looks pretty awesome. You get the classic okay. Logan look with the cowboy hat and flannel on, sitting in a bar. He's like sitting at a bar, drinking uh, whiskey, and yeah, just demolished everyone in it. So, yeah, that game, I'll probably have to get a PS5 just to get that. So, although I am pretty torn because I want to get a Switch now because, you know, playing with my brothers aj got a switch and you know ultimate alliance is only on the switch and that's a sweet game um but so we'll see i like the handheld mobility i mean i like that too that uh, switch could be handheld as well it's like the the what i'm looking forward to is trying out the the mobile pc steam but we talked about that a little bit but uh what uh oh the other thing i was going to mention as far as trailers you didn't get a chance to watch it, I don't believe yet, but uh, man, I watched the trailer just recently for uh, the new Venom movie, uh, and it also has Carnage. So Let this uh, Carnage, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yep, Tom Hardy is Venom, and uh, Woody Harrelson is Carnage. And just watching like the two and a half minute trailer, it just looks awesome. And I always liked Venom because 
he's uh you know he's supposed to be he's a villain but he's not you know he's uh the anti-hero kind of thing yeah like the venom in him wants to you know kill people but eddie brock or whatever his name is you know he doesn't want to kill people he wants to hurt the bad guys not the good guys um but then all of a sudden uh you know they kind of show in the clip uh um uh what's his name i can't think of his name but woody harrelson or carnage is in jail and to somehow like uh, uh venom or tom hardy's there to talk to him he comes up to the, the jail cell and he bites his arm and uh then it looks like i think he's being brought to like the death chamber is my assumption and all of a sudden he starts freaking out and becomes carnage and you know then it's venom versus carnage and it it, it looks good so i'm looking forward to uh watching that one and that's what i'll have to uh maybe bring wyatt too because i think uh he'd like that one well so uh carnage is Carnage's or Carnage's Carnage's real name is uh, Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, I knew it started with a C. I just looked at it when I was looking at the cast, but uh, yeah, so that that one I'm looking forward to. Uh, the other thing I've been watch, watching uh, religiously is uh, Lucifer. I'm all that just finished season three. Uh, I feel like in uh, you know spoil this because season six just came out on Netflix, which I'm pretty pumped, and that's the last season. I'm on season four now, obviously. Uh, but the end of season three, uh, you know, Lucifer, as I was mentioning, is he's the devil on earth in Los Angeles and he's working, you know, with a detective solving crimes. And, you know, there's something between them, obviously. And he, she finally sees his true devil face and he's never lied to her. He tells everyone, you know, that he's the devil and he always makes comments. They'll be like, you know, they'll say, thank God. And he's like, well, why would you want to thank him? <laughs> you know, cause, uh, but and he'll tell them, they're like, I'm the devil and just they think it's a joke and so he finally she sees him in his devil face at the end of the season three and now i'm uh starting season four and everything along with that so yeah lucifer is still good and uh it's definitely a show i would recommend i, I love the the humor of lucifer well and other new movies coming out the spider-man no way home is uh the trailer released for that too not too long ago but so they have dr strange in there and uh Peter Parker, like everyone finds out he's, you know, Spider-Man is Peter Parker or vice versa. And so he goes... Who's playing Spider-Man? Tom Holland still. Okay. You just reminded me of something. So you go ahead and then I, I, you reminded me of something. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so he just calls a doctor uh, fate as I get made fun of by Tyler because I <laughs> can't remember who uh, Doctor Strange was. But anyways, he goes to Doctor Strange to... Uh, you know, reverse time. And then, you know, that's where, you know, I'm thinking that's where they'll bring in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to get that multiverse. Cause if Dr. Oh, Strange yeah. is messing with things and all of a sudden, cause they show Doc Ock come out at the end and then, you know, the green goblin, they show one of his bombs and William Defoe's laugh. We kind of talked about this in the last episode too, but I figured we can, uh, some people will probably skip it or not make it that far. So anyways, what were you going to say about it? Well, you reminded me because uh, Wyatt Tal and I and Jovi had watched uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. So we just watched that before we watched Warcraft. So, And I was actually going to talk about that. And I just could not remember what the movie was. So we just watched that uh, the last week. And uh, I like that one, too, because he's, you know, he's younger. He's not, you know, perfect. You know, he's not Spider-Man just, you know, destroying everyone. He's just some punk kid who wants to be part of the Avengers and, uh, you know, was trying to fight crime. It was, yeah, so it was actually fun and the kids like that. So I'm curious to watch the trailer of this next one. Does this go on? Yeah, it's, it's part of the same arc, I believe. Well, 
I'm guessing because it's yeah, it's the what was the first the first Spider-Man? Because I think this is the third with Tom Holland, right? Or am I not remembering? I only seen Homecoming so far. Yeah, that's the only one I've seen of this run. But there must. I wonder if there's another one. My son had said uh, that he's the best Spider-Man. I'm like, oh man, that's uh that's something almost probably fighting words to some people. Just like Batman, you know, certain people like their certain Batman or 007. Oh yeah, so the first the first one was Far From Home and then Homecoming and then now No Way Home. So this will be the the trilogy or thrilogy, if you would. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and watch the first one then. And yeah, the kids and I'll have to go to this one because I liked it. Yeah, it was it was good. So I definitely uh definitely want to watch the first one and next now the third one, whenever that's coming out. Uh the other things I wanted to mention is just I've been, again, uh, you know, during my day job and just when I'm working at the store, I'm always listening to podcasts. True crime is usually my go-to, but I've really got into listening to, uh, well, in podcast form, I've been listening to the D- Dungeons of Drakenheim. I think I mentioned that by the Dungeon Dudes, and they're on YouTube as well. I've watched some on YouTube, but uh, so they're in, they, they're in their, uh, the world of Drakenheim uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. I think I'm on like the sixth episode of uh of of their campaign uh and i think it's like they're on like episode like 30 or something so i'm gonna be able to listen to it forever uh but yeah it's one of those where it's you know three adventurers you know and they're they're off in this world and they're going down into the sewers and fighting these um uh rats and just uh they actually just got into this uh battle with this like executioner thing that all of a sudden the ghosts of the people it killed started coming out of it and trying to chase after them as they ran away. Um uh, anyways, so uh I've really been getting into Dungeons and Dragons along with uh, just listening to them at least. You know, I've never played, so it's making me really want to play it. Um I've still been watching Critical Role, the Alexandria Unlimited. I think I just finished episode four maybe of that. That one I'm actually watching on YouTube um in critical role you know that is its own world um so yeah so i'm definitely i've actually had a few people at the store i've taken down one name i've had two others i wish i would have got their names that said they want to play just don't have anybody to play with so hopefully at the prairie hobbies and games we're going to have a dungeons and dragons night i'm i need to start figuring out how to to create my own character i already have some ideas but well you got to be the dm if if you own the store you should probably be the dungeon master huh to create the I whole think, world. No, I'm gonna have to play. I think I'm gonna have to play one before I can be a dungeon master because I don't. You know, I've been watching and you know listening, but you know, I've never played. So I think I'd want to defer to a uh, somebody that's done it and just be a character to start because I just don't know enough about it. Uh, so that'd be the thing is we'd have to find somebody willing to to DM. Uh, you know, in our case, AJ. Again, if you ever come check out the store. Uh, I could probably give you a little uh, friends discount and we can get some Dungeons and Dragons stuff and get our own world going so we can let our lovely listeners maybe even watch us play. Live stream it, right? Like like the Critical Role people. Yeah, that's what, I mean, lots of, it's, it is fun. It's just, uh, you know, people actually just don't take, I mean, t- you take it seriously as far as, you know, you want to, you don't want to goof off the whole time. You're supposed to be living in that world, but also not too seriously. Uh, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Uh, Anyways, uh, it's coming up on an hour, and uh, I should probably get back to work. Is there anything else uh, we need to talk about? Well, I was just going to do just uh, end it. I just want to do a quick store update. You know, you guys kind of talked about it. So what I've been doing is 
man, I'm pricing over 1500 comic books, you know, and so that's kind of fun going through them. I actually picked out another one I was going to read called Nameless from Image, but I was going to say what uh, we should do is you should just grab some next time you're here and AJ, Tyler, when you come to the store, I've got enough. If they want to, you know, pick some out to read, uh, I was thinking that'd be something to do. I've been adding tons of Funko. I have a whole wall of Funko. So I'm going to be updating the pictures. Luke took uh, pictures and I've actually been updating since you've been here. I, I got some cool uh, comic book canvas art that's hanging in the store. And so I've been hanging a lot of my art, including your artwork that you gave me. Um, so yeah, lots of new products coming in. I got puzzles and uh, more cool mugs of like, you know, Freddy Krueger and uh, the what's his name from it and uh, like 13 different. So kind of building up for the holiday season. I got a couple different shipments of just uh, cool stuff that's, you know, got, you know, kind of nerd related, but I think it'll be cool stocking stuffers. So I've been adding a lot of that. And uh, starting in October, I'll be opening up more and hopefully being on uh, more of the social media for both the Hobby Shop Talk and uh, Prairie Hobbies and Games. So, uh, yeah, check out prairiehobbies.com. And uh, the other thing I just want to mention is uh, people got to go out and check out. I don't know if you posted pictures of our creative arcade uh, with the 4,500 games, but I'm just going to mention now that if you go to creative-arcades.com and you check out, they have a ton of sweet arcades. I actually made the coupon code to Hobby Shop Talk, all one word. And if you go to creative-arcades and get yourself your own custom arcade machine with custom artwork, uh, you use Hobby Shop Talk and you can get 5% off. Which is So if which you want one big. of your man cave, yeah, yeah. And they're sweet. I mean, you can customize them to your liking with awesome art, as you would see on the, the ones for mine. And so, yeah, you get 5% off if you use the code Hobby Shop Talk at creative-arcades. Which, you know, adds up to a lot of money because what was it, like 2500 or what do they start at? Well, it depends. There's all kinds of options. So I got the large full-size stand-up. I got the 36-inch screen. I got the 4500 games because there's different levels of games depending on what you want. I got the custom artwork. Um, but then there's also there's kid-size machines. There's like the tabletops, the smaller tabletops. Um, so, yeah, the, the price ranges, you know, from 1000 something into, you know, 3000 plus depending on what you get but they are custom made and uh like for example the one i has has 4500 games you can find any and all games really on there and you can it's it's a windows computer pretty much it is built in so you can download future games that they get and uh so anyways yeah check it out creative dash arcades just when me and you know well me and you played it me and tyler played it for like two or whatever three hours we played nba jam and i mean it's a legit arcade it's not chintzy yeah, yeah. it's not you know it's not cheaply made so it's highly recommend oh, for your man cave or she shed whatever you know wherever you want to put it and especially if it's uh you know you're anyone local come to the hobby uh, prairie hobbies and game in long prairie um you know, check it out that's one thing he mentioned is uh he has lots of people you know in minnesota specifically even when he comes to the state fair that want to see it and try it well you can come to the store and check out all 4500 games and try it uh you know if somebody's really interested i can flip it on and you can try all the games you want for free so anyways let's uh let's wrap up episode 10 hopefully there'll be more regular uh now maybe even more as i have more free time i'm going to do more store updates and things like that so uh this is uh matt and luke and this is the hobby shop talk podcast episode 10 wrapping up and uh you know what go find the game and play it 